0: Hello everyone and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Habs and Flames played a wild one with Nick Suzuki winning it in the shootout, well, Kirby Doc winning it in the shootout, but Nick Suzuki doing Nick Suzuki things in the shootout. They did lose Cole Caulfield, we're going to discuss who replaces him in the lineup and we've got some World Juniors discussion and Laura and I not happy about Team Canada's choices. All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 745 of Lockdown Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. If you're listening to us wherever you get your podcasts through whichever pod catcher and if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much for subscribing. Please make sure you ring that bell to get notified anytime we post a new video, including uh, we're later on this week, we are going to have a bonus special mailbag for all the stuff we didn't get to last week. So that is coming this week. First off, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. As always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. I know it is late for both of us here on the East Coast. Even though the game was on the East Coast, they decided to go to an overtime and a shootout just to give us that extra little bit of spice. Laura, how are we feeling after the uh, Canadians' 2-1 shootout win over the Calgary Flames?
1: I am devastated and inconsolable about the Cole Caulfield injury. I am also in the depths of despair about the Canadians' power play. Uh, but Nick Suzuki continues to be the only joy I have left in this world. Um, that is a joke. I have a lot of joy in my life. But Nick Suzuki is one of the elements of that joy. It's He's, he's so fun to watch and he, he tends to do it again. You know, I just, I, I, I'm picturing the meme like, like he can't keep getting away with this meme. And the thing is, he is getting away with it. He's just so stone cold and ruthless. And it's like, the thing is, like, he's a nice little boy, too. So, it just, I love that juxtaposition, <laughs> you know? And so, I, I don't know. The, the shootout was, at, I mean, Kirby Doc. We can't discount Kirby Doc's uh, goal as well. But I just love Nick Suzuki. And, you know, we're not really sure right now about the status of Cole Caulfield. Although, Slavkovsky did talk some, did did. did run his shoot his mouth off when run his mouth yeah off. Uh, Probably he wasn't supposed to do that t- that kind of talking
0: <laughs> no somewhere in the background Habs PR is in the locker room just going oh, he said what uh allegedly he said he knows what Caulfield's injury is and that he's going to be fine and just somewhere red flags and alarm bells are going off in somebody's office or on somebody's phone right now which
1: someone one, needs media training
0: what I know do not media train this child. He's so delightful as is. I don't want him to be media trained. I want him to get even more confident and popular and just say ridiculous over-the-top things. But as we get into this game here, I have Natural Trick pulled up behind me. The Flames owned one period of this game, the second period, which isn't a surprise. The Canadians did not play well in the second period. The other two periods, Montreal held the edge in everything. It was about as break-even as you could get. Uh, 49.4% possession uh Corsi 4 uh dead even at scoring chances for 10-8 and high danger chances. Canadians won the expected goals for battle 2.8 to 1 or 2.18 to 1.67 and at a 56.68% expected goals for percentage. It was a good game by the Montreal Canadiens and they did it well facing adversity and I think this when we talked about like the LA game in the Seattle game and the Vancouver game, when going got tough in those games, they kind of wilted a little bit. In this one, they responded quite well. In this, they lost Cole Caulfield early on in this game. Jordan Harris got absolutely run over on a on a clean hit. They had to kill multiple penalties, some without Nick Suzuki. And at the end of it, the game got say was sent to overtime and was likely saved by. One of the most unlikely guys, Jonathan Kovacevic, after Jordan Harris got hit by Nikita Zadorov, basically sprinted the length of the ice and just tried to slam a stick down to break up a 2-on-0 and did so, likely preventing Dylan Dubé from you know scoring a 2-on-0 goal there. And little things like that matter. We talked about it in the LA game. Details matter in these games. So does the power play, and... Power play started great, and then as the game went on, it it just got worse and worse and worse. It's like one of those things that's like if you stare at this photo, the, the longer you stare at this, the worse that it gets. That was the Canadians' power play. They had a full four-minute man advantage in overtime, and it still went to a shootout. I I it is the biggest negative I have coming out of this game, and it's probably the only one I have. How? I, I I don't I don't get it. I don't want to be mean to up, but give Slavkovsky those reps. Please. Just little things. And without Caulfield now, you gotta find an answer. And maybe with him not being there, it forced them to diversify a little bit, maybe. But that's my only negative takeaway from this game. Jake Allen was great. Slavkovsky was great. The young defense was great. I don't have many complaints outside of the power play being wet dog poopy again.
1: uh very colorful the way you put things scott
0: uh i I, I could say so many things they said on the sportsnet broadcast that on overtime you can't really uh you know uh criticize the canadians power play and i say you wanna bet and then actually i can't you know say that because this is a family-friendly show and if i actually expressed my thoughts um laura might have a new co-host inside of a week so
1: (laughs) i don't want a new co-host so don't do the swearing (laughs) <laughs> but I understand why you want to do the swearing because the Canadians power play makes me want to do lots of like throw things at my TV, for example, like swear, get really angry at Martin St. Louis, which I really hate doing because we love Martin St. Louis Hall of Fame or brilliant Martin St. Louis. They got to do something right. We, we talked about how, you know, Alex Burrows is like the power play coach, but the executive decision maker on the power play is Martin St. Louis, right? We know that. I need to see, I need to see something different from this team because it is killing my soul. This power play is really making me sad. It's abysmal. It is so hopeless. They need to do something. And again, like this is this is a podcast, right? We're exaggerating. Like the Canadians power play has no real effect on my life, but it has a lot of effect on their life. So they need to do something about it. Like they really do. And so, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, I just, for me, from my perspective, I I think that they need to, I don't know, go radical, do something different. I honestly have no idea. But either way, that was also my only critique of the game. The Canadians played way better this game than they did against Calgary last game. Like, last game, it was all Jake Allen. This game, the Canadians did hold their own. They did play a good game. So I did like their game. Again, Nick Suzuki, absolute joy. Power play, absolute despair.
0: The, the two uh, the two ends of being a hockey fan, absolute joy and absolute despair. And luckily for the Canadians, they're going to get plenty of practice on the power play, likely through the back half of this week for the Ottawa Senators on Wednesday, which is always going to devolve into stupidity. It's, it's written in the stars or on the digital ads on the side of the boards. And they put the Anaheim Ducks, who are very bad. Fix your power play in those games, or at least make it more competent, I guess it's the bare minimum. Uh, As we did say ahead of the show here, Cole Caulfield was injured in this game. We're going to discuss the hit and the injury there, and we're going to talk about the options to potentially replace him in the Canadiens lineup if it comes to that, and that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by our folks at betonline.net. They're your number one source for all your sports betting info. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. NCAA bowl season is almost here. Hockey, basketball in full swing. MLB free agency is heating up right now, and European soccer after the World Cup is over will be back before the month of December is over, so please check out betonline.net. They have everything you are possibly looking for. Live updates, stats, lines, everything, and it's super easy to use. Just head to their website if you're on your computer, or use your mobile device to learn more, and that's betonline.net. And remember, betonline, it's where the game starts. All right, so... The Canadians did win, and they won a hard-fought game. Games that are good building blocks and good teaching tools, even with that victory there. Gutsy, to sound slightly cliche, because they probably would have scored more in this game had they not lost their star forward, Cole Caulfield, and yes, I'm saying star forward. If you don't like it, deal with it. After a hit from Trevor Lewis uh, early on in the game, and my thought was in this whole thing, Caulfield goes to collect a puck that Arbor Eyes played forward, Lewis, I don't think, is looking to hit Caulfield there. He's engaged with Jack Eye at the time. And Caulfield and him just kind of run into each other. Caulfield was slow to get up and was taken to the bench. And then he went from the bench to the locker room afterwards. Did not return to the game. As we said in the previous segment, uh, Slavkovsky and apparently other Canadians players said he's likely going to be fine. I'm wondering if this was just a precaution, even if he was fine that they held him out, which you know what? Good, protect your asset in all things here and protect your player. It's technically a meaningless regular season game for the Canadians, but if he does miss, you know, one of the two games that's upcoming here, I suppose my biggest and immediate thought is put Uri Slavkovsky on the top line with Nick Suzuki and just let them cook. Nick Suzuki knows how to put pucks in plays that Slavkovsky won't get from other forwards on this team. And Slavkovsky has turned himself into a pretty good playmaker on his own. His, we didn't even talk about this in the first segment. His pass for Josh Anderson on the game time goal was beautiful, and something he worked on with Adam Nicholas. So my immediate thought is, put Slavkovsky on the top line if you if Caulfield is going to be out in one of these games.
1: Absolutely, and that was the thing is that I, you know, before we we started recording the show, we talked about what shall we record. Uh, or what shall we talk about? And, you know, who's going to replace Cole Caulfield? And in my mind, I was like, are people going to think I'm crazy if I suggest Slavkovsky there? But I think you have to do it. Like, this is like your only opportunity really to do it because you generally don't ever want to break up uh, that pairing and then that line, right? That line has done so good this year. So this is really you're pretty much your only opportunity to do it until Cole Caulfield is healthy enough to come back. Because, as we've seen, you separate these two. They generally don't do as well with other players, even though, I mean, they're still fine. I just think that the magic is there. Like, you know, so much reporting has has been made. Like, if you're listening to the broadcasts and stuff, they talk so much about how they don't even need to communicate to know where each other is going to be on the ice. They have this, like, this chemistry that is just... um, you, You can't replicate it, right? So I don't think that they should try to replicate it unless, you know... A center comes along that's better for Cole Caulfield, or is as good for Cole Caulfield, and a winger comes along for Nick Suzuki. But I think this is a great opportunity to see what Slavkovsky can do with a Nick Suzuki caliber player centering.
0: And that's the thing is, like Slavkovsky looked really good playing with Sean Monahan, who is a very steadying presence. I do think Nick Suzuki's slightly more aggressive uh, offensive zone approach will be good for someone like Slefkowski. I do also think, and this is year or two down the line, I think Owen Beck is going to be a guy who's going to mesh very well with him just because of the way he reads the game and gets into those soft spots for Slefkowski to use. But right now, you're at a point in the season that you should take these risks and give him a shot. You're playing two not-great defensive teams in the Senators and the Ducks coming up. It's your opportunity to see if he can cook on that top line. And if he can't, that's okay, but you're never going to know unless you try it. And I do think he played with so much confidence tonight. And that included a jumbled lineup with injuries and this and that. I really do think that every time he gets bumped up a spot, his play improves and his just swagger grows. And that's an important thing for a young guy. He has that energy. He makes things happen. He looks so much more engaged when he's more involved in the game. And the Canadians should want more of that. I want more of that for Slavkovsky. And if they're not going to do that, the Martin St. Louis said he's going to be reevaluated tomorrow, which makes sense. They're going to see how he feels in the morning and, you know, run whatever tests they need to run. They just said upper body injury. They didn't say what it is. He might have just got the wind knocked out of him. We don't know. So my thought is I'm wondering if they're going to recall somebody uh, from the Rocket. They've already called recalled Rem Pitlick beforehand. He's playing on the fourth line. I'm wondering if this is the opportunity for uh, Jesse Ulinen or even Anthony Richard to come up from the Rocket and get a chance. If they're going to replace him directly on the top line, I think Jesse Ulinen is the guy that you have to put there. If they're going to move Slavkovsky up, I think you put Anthony Richard in this lineup in that bottom six and give him a shot to see what he can do here. I'm as much as I think Anthony Richard on the Habs top line would be a fun story. Those are the biggest two things. I would say Raphael Harvey Pinard, but I think they need a little bit more oomph and pizzazz in their game. Harvey Pinard works hard, but you need a guy who can have those game breaking skills and Jesse Ullinen skating and his shooting ability is that. And it, again, it's a. It's not a lost season, but it's a season to find things out. And this is that opportunity there. I think these are two teams that, you know, you can play Jesse Ullin in more minutes than you normally would and get the most out of him at this point.
1: Yeah, and there's one more thing that I wanted to add is that If they put Slavkovsky up there, they'll also see how far he is, like what other things he needs to work on, because then he's going to be taking the toughest assignments if he's playing against Nick, if he's playing alongside Nick Suzuki and Kirby Doc, right? So, I personally think that it's it's a good opportunity as well to just kind of like find out how far away he is from being a top line player. Uh, I also wanted to kind of really quickly we did we didn't talk about this. Why was like the first shooter in the
0: shootout? He has that same, he does the same move Saku Koivu used to do, and it is effective, and I think Martin St. Louis saved Nick Suzuki as his, like, safety net in the shootout here. If Caulfield was there, I assume he would have gone Caulfield-Suzuki-Doc or Pitlick in the third spot there. It forced a change, and Pitlick out there, he hasn't played in a while, so, you know, maybe Jacob Markstrom doesn't have a book on him or anything like that, and it's not a bad choice if they lost it still would have made sense because pitlick has shown he good hands in the shootout before i wouldn't have picked hoffman i don't know who else you really would have picked out of there besides you know suzuki and doc after that it's some guys maybe josh anderson i i don't know but uh i'm not gonna second guess him totally on that because it paid off in the end but lineup changes force things uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Tomorrow's obviously going to be a very uh, nervous day on Habs Twitter as everyone awaits, you know, the news on Cole Caulfield's overall status. They don't play until Wednesday night, and then it's a back-to-back. So it can be a pretty strong week for the Montreal Canadiens coming off an uneven one on the West Coast. Coming home and, you know, piling up some big wins here on the East Coast, I think is, is um, something I'm looking forward to. Of course, this means they're probably going to lose to the Ducks. Um On Tuesday night's episode, which, you know, when we're recording Tuesday night, we will preview those games. We'll get our extra mailbag stuff in. So don't worry about that. But coming up in our final segment, it is World Junior season. Team Canada announced their final team. And no, Laura and I are not happy. We will all have all of our reactions to that coming up next. We are back. We are locked on Canadians. And we are mad on the behest of one Owen Beck and Riley Kidney. So Team Canada today announced their final roster, and uh, there it is. I am looking for this online because, God forbid, they just post it regularly. And on the team, which good news for Canadians fans, Joshua Waugh made the team, just like he did last year for World Juniors, likely to play a pretty expanded role. And that's about where the good news ends for Team Canada here. They uh, chose to cut Owen Beck and Riley Kidney uh in the round of cuts here riley kidney was understandable he had an injury that he suffered in one of the exhibition games against U sports tried to play in the second game wasn't able to if he's not healthy they're not going to kind of have him just linger around for no reason his cut makes sense owen becks doesn't based on some of the other names that they brought that would play a similar role they brought kirby doc's brother colton Uh, Nathan Gaucher, who plays a very similar role to Owen Beck, Uh, Tyson Hines, just guys that I don't think are better overall than Owen Beck. And we talked about this uh, when we were previewing some of the rosters here, is that Owen Beck does a little bit of everything really well. Defensively, he's great. Offensively, he's great. In transition, he's good. Power play. He can, you know, win you key faceoffs, penalty kill. He can be there to help get the puck out and win key faceoffs, even strength. He will just eat up minutes. And I just, I can't help but feel that Team Canada kind of galaxy brained this entire thing. And at the same time, as an American, that's great. Leave good players at home. I don't care because Team USA is going to do it anyways, too. Owen Beck being left off feels like he'll likely be back next year unless he's a full-time Montreal Canadian next year, which
1: who knows Who knows,
0: but it's, it feels like such an unnecessary misstep from them to not take a guy who can play all three positions on the forward line and is very good in all three zones. Why wouldn't you want that on your team at all times? I just, I don't get it at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit in that with Shane Wright going, it kind of like creates like a log jam at the center depth, but it's very much like you said, like there's guys on that team that aren't better than Owen Beck. So to me, that that would have been a no-brainer. And obviously we we do overhype Owen Beck here on this podcast. We are big fans, but it's not undeserved, right? He's so good and he's so versatile. He's so useful. He's so steady. You know, he's he's like... He's a low-risk, high-reward player, you know? So I just, I find that it just doesn't make sense to me. I think, like you said, the Riley kidney does make sense. And I'm, like, I wouldn't have been bummed either. Like, if he was healthy and he got cut, I wouldn't have been too bummed. But I'm really bummed for Owen Beck. And I really do hope that, you know, he does get a chance. And maybe this will give him, like, a you know, a chip on his shoulder. Maybe, maybe this will kind of light a fire on him. Not that he's doing badly in the OHL right now. But I just, I'm not happy with Team Canada. I mean, there's so many reasons to not be happy with Team Canada. But, like, even on the ice, I'm not happy with Team Canada right now.
0: And here's the thing. Like, I look at some of the guys they brought instead. They cut a lot of players from the QMJHL. And uh, Jérôme Barube, who works for Hockey Prospect to do the Black Book and everything else. Uh, looking at that, it's not been a good couple of years for the QMJHL in terms of Prospects. And they're bringing guys who I don't think are better than uh, Owen Beck. Like They're bringing Zach Dean, who who in 27 games has 35 points. Owen Beck has 33 points in 24 games in a lower-scoring league. I don't understand the need to balance it out. If the best players all came from the OHL, you take all the players from the OHL. It's a best-on-best tournament. It is, I understand that you want to showcase your talent across the CHL I and NCA because Adam Fantilli is going as well. You know, excuse my misstep there. It's it's probably not going to make a difference because they have Connor Bedard and Shane Wright and Brant Clark and um, Brennan Othman and all these guys who are going to put up points because Team Canada is too big to fail at individual tournaments outside of, you know, momentary mistakes. But the process to build a proper team doesn't feel right when you're excluding someone who exemplifies what coaches love in players. You can't tell me that that the coach on the team didn't look at Owen Beck and go, he does everything we want. We're not taking him. It, it doesn't make sense up here. And, and trust me, when Lane Hudson inevitably gets cut from Team USA, I'm not hoping he does. But when he does, because he's tiny or whatever, I will have this exact same discussion on this show, and I will. This is not just a Team Canada thing. I promise you that. The process to build the best possible team stinks, because even fans of other team and prospect experts and everything else have all said the same thing. Beck not making the team is kind of a surprise. Yeah, he didn't play last year because he's young, and he's you know an eighteen-year-old this year. But at the same time, come on, it it shouldn't matter. If age and playing on the previous teams mattered, Riley Kidney would still be on this team. It, it doesn't add up, and I'm mad on behest of something that makes it better, has, or increases the odds of Team USA winning a medal here. I, I just don't like it because I was really excited for Owen Beck to shine on a national stage like that. And now I guess he just has to go back and just destroy the OHL while everyone's playing in World Juniors. Uh, I guess that's the plan now.
1: And also destroy next year.
0: And that's the thing is,
1: yeah,
0: is he going to be a Montreal Canadian next year? He might be. Is he going to be a Mississauga Steelhead next year? He might be. He's in that weird spot that I think Joshua Wall was too. Very good. Unfortunately, the CHL NHL transfer agreement kind of sucks. So he's either going to be playing in the OHL next year or he's going to be playing in the NHL next year. It would shock none of us if he's playing in the NHL next year. But here's the thing like you said chip on his shoulder and someone did remind me i was wrong about joshua while being cut that is on me i am either confusing him with someone else or another situation my bad on that but i still look at you know previous habs players getting cut from team canada or other teams and just lighting the world on fire afterwards and i think owen beck is going to do that he's going to go back to mississauga and he's just going to start putting up points in bunches more so than he already does. Um, if you got any thoughts on own Beck, not making team Canada, or Riley Kidney not making team Canada, or, you know, you want to kind of, you know, make us see some of the reasoning uh, as long as you're not rude about it. And you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Uh, the 4,000 uh, character manifestos are not available yet. So please keep it in the 280 characters for us. Uh, If you want to, you can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com as well. Make sure you follow Laura at The Active Stick and follow myself at Scott Matla on Twitter. We will be back Tuesday night. We're going to be previewing the rest of the games this week. We have a bonus episode coming out for you all this week. So please stay tuned for all of that. Go Habs go, and we will see you all next time.